and welcome to our first bonus episode. So now that we are finished with covering every single episode of Lucifer one by one and making a podcast about it, we figured that we don't want to leave it behind just like that. And we want to get you some extra bonus, super special content. And the first thing we decided to do is we will pick a random episode that we have covered and we have heavily disagreed on and randomly cover it with notes from the other person. Without having rewatched the actual episode. Makes sense? Hopefully, because we have no idea what we're getting into. Are you ready to open my PDF, Vero? I am looking at it very sternly. So I'm gonna count us down like I usually do when I record <laughs> us. So I say three, two, one, open! We. Oh, oh, what is it open in a... Okay, well, it's open now. How do you work with this? <laughs> I never look at your notes. See, that's probably a good thing. Hmm. So let's start this off with this is season two. Your final thoughts. Oh my god! I just scrolled through the entire thing, and your final thoughts have less words than when I forget my yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Uh. Okay. Grant. Oh, here. There you go. Since you are me, <laughs> I actually know how many scenes this episode has. I do not. Know. Yeah, because I numbered them. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> you are obsessed with making notes. Yes, okay. However, this has the original season two opening because we didn't have the pre-recorded one at the time, so we can actually read that out. True. And I can tell you that I started this episode. This is, I'm Lina and I'm Vero, so you have to start talking in your notes. In your notes, it's I'm Vero and I'm Lina. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, we're gonna trust my notes. Oh, are we now throwing shade on my <laughs> notes? I have you know that actually those parts I have tailored to episode. I surely definitely remember that. So <laughs> I think we should... Who started last time? Last time was an odd one. And so this is an even one. Even though technically speaking, this is an odd one because it's the first bonus. But I don't care. You started us with the summoning. I can start us up here. <laughs> Okay, start us off with my name or whatever name you choose. No, I'm gonna do the full fucking intro. Well, exactly. Go for it. Welcome to the Apple of Truth. Uh, by we No, back then it was a weekly, so I can't even... I, I have to lie. <laughs> Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and admiring the guyliner, all with love for the show and its creators. I'm Alina. And I'm Vero. And today we're covering Lucifer Season 2, Episode 7. My little monkey. Okay, I have three summaries here. Yeah, you have the one I write, you have the one from IMDb, and you have the one from Amazon Germany, usually. This is Amazon UK, and it says that Amazon Germany is the same. I'm gonna read out all Lina's summaries that she has here, and maybe we're gonna get a bit of a grasp on what this episode is about. In this episode, Lucy tries to be anyone but himself. Chloe proves her moral superiority. Mace is the best friend ever and Linda is much stronger than a human should be expected to be. Do you have any idea what this was about? No. <laughs> Neither do I. Okay, IMDb. <laughs> After the man convicted of killing Chloe's father is murdered, ah. new clues suggest he was framed. Mace looks for a job. Lucifer tries to learn how to be normal by watching Dan. Ah. Okay, now I'm getting a little bit better sense. Amazon UK says, While Lucifer shadows Dan in order to learn how to be normal, Chloe tries to track down her father's killer. But I still really don't know what's, what is this about. So this is the episode where Lucifer tries to emulate Dan. Oh, wait, when he, when he wears his clothes and stuff. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Is this the one where we fight about improv? This is definitely the one where we fight about improv. Definitely, because he stalks Dan and he learns about the improv stuff in this one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, that's going to be interesting. Okay, so now that we have a rough grasp, I was kind of hoping that the obsession of the week would make more sense. It does not. Because according to now my notes... The obsession of the week for this episode is let's kill Lucifer. Oh, wait, and that makes sense in combination with your 
slash mine obsession of the week now because you're me now so this is yours <laughs> my obsession of the week is being done slash being not yourself but how did you settle on let's kill lucifer mine is very obvious based on the episode description i'm a very literal person true that my assumption would be let's kill lucifer which means lucifer is trying to get the persona of lucifer so let's kill lucifer that is my guess we can go back and re-listen to that specific episode but as if i would ever listen to our own episode i know listening to our own voices how annoying yeah we already have to do that when we're editing you okay before we move on to the fact and funds question so i'm starting to remember tiny bits and pieces we are only gonna argue based on our notes right mm-hmm. so your notes are now my notes and this is my opinion period do i take your opinion for myself that's going to be very difficult yes but only what you can gleam from your notes i still remember very little so even if you remember parts and having a different opinion if your notes say i hate this then you hate it oh this is gonna hurt me very much girl you have the big notes so i'm gonna be very quiet in this recording (laughs) How long are my notes? One, two, three, three and a half page. Which is about the same as yours. And yours have more structure to them. So yours are probably shorter. Because you have bullet points. How do you live with bullet points? Do you always have bullet points? My notes always look like this. Every single episode. Pretty much the last page is just questionnaire and stuff. And it has four and a half pages in total. We'll see how it goes. So that's three and a half. And the structure takes it down to at least three tops. We'll see how it goes. You still have headings for the scenes and everything. True. Please tell us the interesting things you wrote down about this episode, Vero. Facts and fun. Return of the writer Jen Kao, who co-wrote season one, episode three, would be Prince of Darkness. The one with the Blunt sports dude. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the dude who took on Lucifer's identity. Oh my god. Yeah, okay, that one. And season one, episode two, at two doctor, the one with the dead therapist, which I also have very little. What? Where the title was a play on A2 Brute? Yeah, well, I understand that, but who is the dead therapist? Did Linda know the therapist? I don't remember. No, but I think they don't get permission to access certain files, but she does. Oh. And that's why they get her in, and then that's where Linda and Chloe start bonding. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Now, next fact. Episode name is said by Chloe's father, thus breaking Lucifer's streak. So I would assume that by now he has named every single episode, uh, the first six episodes of season two. And this is the first time that he did not. The name of Chloe's father is a reference to the Lucifer comic books. There is no Chloe Decker and the devil finds himself in the company of Detective John Decker in her place. Ooh, I completely forgot this, but now I remember. Right. John Decker exists in the comics. Chloe Decker does not. And last but not least, the actor who plays Chloe's father, Chris Payne Gilbert and Leslie Ann Brandt are married and have a child in a real life. Why? That was Leslie Ann's husband. I remember that because I remember looking up if they met on set, but they met before the show. I completely forgot this because like in the last season, we get her using some of her own wedding vows. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Well, thank you for those super interesting facts. I have apparently uh, written down the previously on. Oh, wait, I have notes on that because that's the original one. That's before we went on Netflix and had previously on. I want to start us off with what I have written down about the previously on because Chloe's dad was a cop. He died. So she joined the police force. Dan asked for a divorce. Mace is finding herself. And on the way, she moves in with Chloe. Linda asks Lucy to be honest with her about who he is. And he shows her his devil face. Holy shit, you showed her his devil face? Yeah, that's the just episode just before this. Oh my god. Oh. I have no memory of this. Do you not remember this? I remember the fact that he showed her his devil face, but... It, it must have been last episode then. And how is she dealing? She is not. I can tell you that. Is this the episode where she kind of disappears because she's trying to deal with it? Which would explain why he's hanging with Dan. And then she kind of just ends up starting 
to bond with Amenadiel, right? Eventually, which then brings them together. Then eventually she gets pregnant and stuff. I don't know. Well, okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> did you have anything to add for the previously on? No. Or did I cover everything? You covered everything really, really well. The one thing I can tell you that it was 35 seconds long and... <laughs> That is some really relevant information. Thank you for writing that out. I know. And then uh, we get into the first scene, which is called, in my notes, flashback time, which is nearly two minutes long. Imagine that. (laughs) Oh my God, I just read the next name of the scene. (laughs) So it is time to have a flashback in the episode and we start this flashback with a song by the new radicals called you get what you give nice thank you it's a good song isn't it do you even remember this song no idea we get the episode title dropped right away really my little monkey yeah oh of course because oh because we're in the flashback where there's John and Chloe and I'm sure oh okay so I'm I think this is where John is being super proud of his daughter and all yeah he's in the diner shop thingy and he talks about his daughter yeah and oh no oh is it is it a diner oh yeah because he's picking up picking up the sandwich or something yeah he's picking up the food for his little monkey oh and then it escalates super Quickly with him being shot. Yeah, and then a dude comes in, it escalates, they shoot him. And I want to say I posed a really good question here, all in cups. Let's hear it. Who robs a store with a policeman already in there? That is an extremely good question. <laughs> I have no answer. It is a solid question, yeah. No, actually, actually, I have, I do have an answer for that. Very good question, Vero. What, what a nice transition. <laughs> you. you can cut everything in between. Because this makes no sense unless they came in specifically to kill him. That is a very good note. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because there was no hesitation when they shot him. If it had been a normal robbery, then they would have been like, oh, fuck, a cop, hesitation, and then shoot him. But since they didn't hesitate to shoot him, it makes more sense that it was deliberate for him to get shot. Yep. When did you get so smart? It like really well ties into the name of the next scene that I've written down, which is <laughs> release the Kraken or the killer. Well, I just want to point out, I apparently, there was some Jesus Says reference in the flashback because I have it in all caps. Jesus what? Jesus Saves. Oh, wait, because there was a poster on a a building that said Jesus Saves. Thank you for remembering that because I did not remember why I wrote this down. But, well... Apparently, Jesus did not save John Decker. So, screw you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. That sounds about right. Like you said, uh, release the Kraken. It sounds so dirty. Have you watched All Black Meets Death yet? No, you haven't. Shame on you. I still have a week and a half before before I have to be done with it. I heard it's not that long. It's five hours. Also, sorry, it's August 2020. It does not even exist yet. Oh, yeah. What What do you mean But All Black Meets Death? I do not know what it is. So, like you said, let's release the Kraken. And I think we do that again with another song because there's a band called Fasine with the song Father Jesus. Which works because there's Save Jesus written on the building and then Father Jesus' song. So yeah, it's very cool. That is actually very cool. And yes, that is a song. I just made it sure. Ooh, the video looks amazing. Basically, we start this scene by Lauren German, aka Chloe, receiving a call, which is very emotional. Which is, of course, super well done with having the flashback where her father got killed and now we're in the actual present, but still it's timed like, oh no, she just got the call for that. Except it is actually a call about her father's killer getting free and as i said when i was writing these notes how even yeah the justice system is a joke i mean seriously i hope 
Robert Menadiel tackles that next. After he fixes the systemic racism within the police, maybe he can fix this next. Although I don't really know if there is a solution to it right now because humanity is imperfect and it's very difficult to create a justice system that would be adequate to that. Well, less sucky would already be an improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So apparently Linda shows up and... Where are they? In the precinct. (laughs) I'm like, who is there? There's Dan, there's Lucifer, there's Chloe and Linda. Where are they? Are they in Linda's office? See, this is why my notes simply have the location as title and not some (laughs) schmancy-pansy hilarious description, but just a very, where are we now? Not always, I'm sure. For this episode, yes. Well? So you do the flowery language and I do the cold hard facts. So she, of course, gets this call while being on the job. But Linda shows up as well. And they have a conversation. And Linda is not happy that Chloe knows about the devil face. Because I wrote down, Linda is not taking the unmasking well. No surprise there. Wait, that's not related to Chloe, though, is it? Yes, of course it is. Because Chloe is then bringing up that Lucifer is being too Lucifer. Yeah, and then... Lucifer says being me seems to be the problem. Which of course leads to then the whole setup. Latching onto the down thing. I have no idea why there is a Linda note in my notes. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm sure she's there somewhere. (laughs) In the background crying at a table. (laughs) So no matter what Linda is actually doing, Chloe gets the call. Lucifer shows up. They have a conversation that Lucy is being way too Lucy. And this obviously leads to the classic misunderstanding or misdirect of every episode in this fucking show where Lucifer hears one thing and takes the absolute wrong solution or consequence from it. Mm -hmm. Which in this case is, oh, Chloe says I'm too much Lucifer, so I need to be not Lucifer. Therefore, let's kill Lucifer. See, that makes sense. So obviously he's going to look for someone else to emulate since obviously he can't emulate Chloe. But before we can deal any more with our usual two main characters, we need to change scene and we go into prison. Because we need to be there when her father's killer gets released, I think. Probably. Mine will just say crime scene time. Oh no, crime scene comes afterwards. Well, I don't know who... Maybe I made a mistake in my notes then. That's impossible. (laughs) Oh, no. This is actually... Is this when Chloe is stalking the dude? When she starts stalking? Because he gets killed and then she's a suspect and everything, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Family leave is a thing for murder inmates. Okay. So, Chloe, because she is incredibly upset... I don't think we've actually seen her this angry yet in the show. Mm -hmm. Or actually even later on in the show, because she is super, super angry. I mean, it is understandable. Her father's murderer. Yeah, but usually she has a much tighter control over her emotions. So this is really, really getting to her. She is basically stalking the murderer of her father. Lucifer is trying to call her, but she hangs up on him. So good for you, actually, because she can't deal with two of these things. Because like devil face and my father's murderer on the free soon. Well, no, Chloe hasn't seen the devil face yet. Yes. Linda's seen the devil face. (laughs) Chloe doesn't see the devil face until like the end of season three. That's why I was so confused. Okay, well, we found the (laughs) source of this confusion. Thank God. Thank Lucifer. Thank... um, somebody. I was like, how did Chloe learn about the devil face in season two? I thought she ran away to the fucking Vatican right after. She did. Linda saw the devil face the episode before because she pushed Lucifer. And that is why you have the reference in the precinct scene because Lucifer can't talk to her because she's taking it not well that she has now seen the devil face. Oh my god, that makes more sense. Thank you. Oh my god. (laughs) We found it. We found it. This is going to be hilarious to edit. Oh, seriously, you don't even need to edit this much because just delete a few of the extra uh, 
communication between the two of us <laughs> suggests that it has like a more or less natural flow but yeah this is exactly what it is supposed to be like what the fuck because we have not rewatched this fucking episode okay now this makes sense okay lucifer is sticking around chloe who which is annoying to her because he cannot talk to linda because she just needs to deal with the whole revelation with the devil face okay okay now i get it i get it and because chloe's preoccupied with her father's killer she is hanging up on Lucifer who is clingy as fuck right now because yes. obviously Lucifer is being very insecure about Linda's rejection of his devil face after having been in therapy for one and a half years basically mm -hmm. this makes perfect sense of course my notes make sense duh of course you just need to know the context yeah okay so Chloe like I said is stalking her father's murderer she is following the car and everything problematic but I mean it is understandable but of course this is going to be very bad for her because dum 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 we go into a crime scene right exactly because he, he dead <laughs> and in this point five minutes and 45 seconds in we get a title card da -da 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 -da! Hey. And we stay in the same scene and Lucifer is now there as well and everybody's there and Dan is there and Dan is asking questions and then Lucifer calls him the department bottom. Oh, Ouch. You see, that is not a nice joke. I mean, to be fair, at this point, Dan is just getting from the bottom where he puts put himself after dealing with Malcolm. So I don't think it's completely uncalled for. You, you do know what a bottom is, right? Well, of course. Misha is also bottom. No, Jensen is bottom. Who knows? One of them is a bottom. You do know that bottom is usually the passive part in a sexual relationship, right? Exactly, yes. So the department is fucking with Dan. Yeah. Is fucking Dan. But usually a bottom, when you call a man a bottom, usually it's a gay man. So neither Misha nor Jensen can be bottoms because they're both straight. That just refers to uh, a thing on the Twitter. Okay. Although that, that isn't out yet either because it's only 2020. So let's forget this ever happened. Okay, but it's not cool Lucifer is calling Dan a bottom because... Don't king shame. I mean, is it a shaming? Is it a shame? Especially from Lucifer? The way he says it. It's not meant as a compliment. Probably not. But while he's being mean, he's also being very honest... Because he's Lucifer and he not only calls Dan a bottom, he also dishes out some truths. He says to Dan that people like Dan, that Dan is helpful. He's like duct tape. He keeps everybody together. Basically. No, he literally tells him he's like duct tape. And so he asks Dan to show him how to be a tool. <laughs> See, he means well. I sometimes wonder if Lucifer is aware how double and triple meaning many of his words choices are mm -hmm. which is gonna be interesting when people will hear the fiction that i will be presenting oh i cannot wait for this i don't have anything else on this except ella being the usual self at being very blunt and chloe being shady as fuck but yeah chloe is the person who actually called in the murder so it is going to be a problem Oh, which brings me to the name of the next scene, which is Chloe as a suspect, even though no one says it. So we go back to the precinct for this. And Chloe, of course, is being the pinnacle of reasonability and rationality. I don't remember what the actual words for this are. So she's being very reasonable and rational. <laughs> what is the noun for reasonable is there a noun for being reasonable no no reasonable is a noun no it's an adverb reasonableness reasonability i'm gonna go with reasonability and rationality <laughs> that's something that you would definitely write down in your notes there <laughs> Sounds about right. Now, Dan is being extremely helpful and very supportive. Yes. And also, Chloe can't investigate this by herself because she is the one who called it in and it directly affects her. So obviously, someone else has to take on this case. And who better to do it than Dan and Dan? The Dans! But I have to say, definitely, completely stand behind this. It's actually getting a little annoying and on my nerves. 
where he keeps bringing up this boring narrative about Dan being boring and everything he does is boring and then he wants to be boring. So, you know, it's just slightly starting to getting on my nerves. Yeah, I can see how that might be a bit grating after a while. But we don't get to spend too much time with the dance, which, by the way, is such a great name. Because Ella also is in the precinct and she... Being her usual, wonderful, empathetic self, she says she can relate. Waiting for updates on this must be really hard. This must be like waiting for STD results. And I wonder what stories could Ella tell us if they gave her more screen time? Uh, oh yeah, there should be a full-blown TV show just about Ella and her life. I would watch it. Yeah, I mean, I could do it with like a mini-series, like six episodes or something, but I would absolutely fucking love it. But speaking of Ella... Ella obviously still is under the assumption that Lucy is a method actor. And so him emulating Dan just makes it even more realistic because now he is actually acting. Yeah, it really works. This is like a double layered meta shit situation, which props. Wow. Now... I really have to say, I'm starting to get into your notes. See, it makes sense. Good, good. Because, like, it is chaos when you first look at it, but once you understand the context of it, it, it actually makes sense. It's just... Phew. <sighs> now, we are going to go into the next scene, which is, according to my notes, called Mummy Helping Mummy. We go to Chloe's and Maze's apartment because Maze moved in with her. Remember the previously on? Correct, yeah. And that means that Maze now has much more Trixie in her life. And Yay! it's very obvious to me that Maze is the lucky one of the two people in this relationship. Maze gets to have Trixie in her life and this is a very good influence for her. Yeah, I we've just recently been asked something about when do we think Maze started growing a soul. Yeah, which is a great question. This is a great question, but I feel like we could identify this moment as the moment because once she starts spending time with Trixie we could theorize that this is where she starts learning humanity. I would go even earlier. I feel like this is one of the obvious moments but basically the moment she starts accepting Trixie's friendship and this is already before this so in my opinion Mace starts growing a soul the second she starts accepting Trixie's friendship and everything else builds on top of that. Yep that sounds about right Chloe's cooking and she is cooking her dad's meal. Oh, she's doing the, the, the thing. See, you were asking me about this recently. It's the sandwich that she makes for Rory at one point and you were very confused about it. Yeah, right. Seriously, this fucking random episode pick turns out to be absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's the scene where Rory ends up pinning the, the fly. fly to the wall with her wing. Yeah. Yeah. So... Chloe is cooking her father's meal and it's very sweet. Trixie is just being a best and really good human, both for Mace and her mom, which is no surprise to anybody. Yeah. Chloe still manages to be her usual super mom in this entire scene, of course. Because sometimes it gets a bit awkward with Trixie and Maze and everything that's going on. But Chloe knows just how to navigate these uh, potentially awkward situations. Now, this is the moment where we hear a doorbell and Chloe goes to open the door. And there is a strange woman with a gun at Chloe's door. Oh, that's what she's handling. Well, sorry, of <laughs> course. <laughs> <laughs> and Chloe has absolutely amazing reflexes and she has a lot of empathy. So if I remember correctly, which I definitely do, she disarms this woman, brings her in and has a conversation with her. Now, I don't think that we reveal why who the woman is just yet, I think. This is the daughter of the would-be killer who gives her the video. Yes, she is the daughter of the man that was murdered. Who was supposedly Chloe's father's killer. Yeah, and that's why she's there because... She thinks that Chloe killed her. Though I have to say, of course, Chloe is the usual super cop at everything. But the way she handles the situation, like disarming the woman, getting her inside and making sure that the other woman uh, accepts the fact that Chloe did not kill her father. Like, uh, it, it, it's a bit very fast. And then, of course, the daughter of the supposed killer just handing over the video. It's all very quick and easy. I mean... She is very empathetic, so you kind of feel... Some might call Chloe an empath. Yes, but still. Like, it was a bit rushed. 
in my opinion. Well, time to go back to the fun times, to the next scene that is called Team Dunifer or Lucille. Do we have a better ship name for Dan and Lucy? Dushifer. There we go. Better. Which I only know because that is the ship you will be covering in your fiction. Yes, if this information ha- it has not come to light on the regular channels, we will be covering some fanfic in the next couple of episodes. So get ready. It's a ride. <laughs> and also get ready because we have a song happening here by Hot Bodies in Motion called Gout. And I don't remember why I wrote the stuff in brackets because I have old habits. Episode three, mama mugging. Oh, so this is because... It's the same band that has a song in the Mama Mugging. Okay, so we have a repeat artist gifting us a song in this scene. And that is Hot Bodies in Motion with the song Gout. And they had already given us another song before, which you can check out in our playlist. And before I say anything else about this scene, Tom Ellis looks amazing. So hot. Well, he is also dressed as Dan and I just find that extremely funny. It's hilarious seeing them dressed alike. I find it hot. Same thing. (laughs) Is it though? (laughs) So there is suddenly somebody called Rodney. Yes, I know. I don't remember who or what Rodney was. But I also have Rodney. What the fuck is happening? So my notes exactly give my state of mind. (laughs) I can tell you that Rodney is way too chill for this to mean anything good. That's all I can tell you. Maybe Rodney is stoned. Maybe Rodney is the killer. Isn't that usually the first person that they meet? That would be Chloe, I think. No, the first non-main cast member oh. that they meet. <laughs> yeah, it's Rodney. Let's go with Rodney. Yeah, okay, we're gonna go with it's Rodney. But we sadly don't stick around with the dance. We go back to the apartment where Chloe and the daughter of who I sadly did not write down the name. Who cares? Downloaded the video on the laptop because tech stuff does not make sense in this show. Because why would they download it? You could just watch it on the camera, but it doesn't really matter. Sorry. I could nitpick like a million things in this scene. Well, there is a twist time because we watch the video and we have a proof that the killer is not the killer. And all I have to say about this is... Poor Chloe. Well, I agree with poor Chloe, but it's also really interesting that Chloe apparently at some point was so obsessed with her father's murder that she to this day remembers the exact time of her dad's murder. Oh, yeah, that's true, because that's how they have the proof. Because the video is recorded at the time of the murder on the other side of the town. She doesn't even have to check it or anything. She just knows it. By heart. Exactly. Like, yeah, this is exactly the time my daddy died. And okay, maybe this is a traumatic enough experience that you will never ever forget in your life. Also, she's a police person. Of course, she looked into her father's case. Yeah, but let's have a little math time, right? Because... Oh my god. It's been a while since Chloe's dad died, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah, I remember this. She was just starring in Hot Hub High School when he got shot, right? And how old is she now? She is... Do we mean now in 2020 or now in 2022? No, in this episode. Because it has been 16 years since he died. Yes. But she wouldn't be able to be in Hot Tub High School because she's topless in there before she was 18. Yeah, so she must be what? So 18 plus 16 is... She's at the very least 34. Mid-30s. Yeah, okay. So 16 years since this incident and to this day she still remembers the exact time. Which I find very impressive. But okay. So mid-30s. Yeah, there we go. We figured it out all over again. But now there's more twist time coming. (gasps) No. I don't know what the twist is, but I know for a fact that Rodney being insta-confessy feels very wrong to me. Yeah, everything about this, because we're now back in the precinct, feels very fishy. So we'll see what happens. But hey, Dan 1 is on the case. But not just Dan 1, because now we have the dance formation! Transformation! <laughs> I am still loving Lucifer copying dance mannerisms. But for just a second, in the interrogation, Lucy did slip back into the Lucifer mindset and then he saw Dan's interrogation technique 
actually working. So he went back into being Dan Hu. Yay! But for a second there, he slipped, which not that good a method actor, Ella would say. Mm-hmm. Also, Lucifer is weirdly against Dan proving that Rodney is not guilty. Yeah, because it would be an easy fix, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be, yeah. It would be the easiest thing to do, especially to protect Chloe, who he's in completely in love with already. So we know that. So yeah, it's kind of weird, especially for Lucifer not to take the easy way out. Well, we'll see how this continues. But now we have to actually do a wonderful B-plot in this episode because we go to Linda's office. Oh, yeah. I called it B-plot. Awesome. (laughs) Two years later, still the same. I love it. So remember the previously on, we learned or we got reminded that Linda had just seen a devil face. And this is, of course, messing with her. Because this not only means that Lucifer is the actual devil, that also means that everything about Mace is true. And so Mace is a demon. And so this scene, which is an interaction between Mace and Linda, is... Actually, kind of heartbreaking. Like, I just want to give Linda a hug. But I would not be me if I didn't also have something else to point out in this scene. Because Linda ain't wrong, girl. Mace must have teleported in. Yeah, right? That's so weird. Because she kind of just appears in the office, right? Yeah, through a closed door and closed windows. Curious. Must be a demon thing. Probably. Well, that's the thing, though. Poor Linda, but also poor Mace. Because yeah. this friendship that she has with Linda, it means so much to her. Yeah. So it's it's heartbreaking to watch her lose that. Potentially lose this because Linda is still struggling. But Mace is really trying in this scene. Like she is being really, really lovely and nice. Mm-hmm. So props to Mace for actually emphasizing. So this is yet again another moment of, oh, the budding soul is already more than a seedling, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I am taking back my previous statement. This is definitely not where it starts. Yeah, this is already showing tiny tendrils. Progress, yes. A little little, little growth and, and flowering. No no blooms yet, but tiny tiny petals. No, not tiny petals. Tiny butts. Tiny leaves are showing. Tiny butts are showing. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay, well, let's go gather some evidence. And so, of course, we go back to the precinct with the dance and Chloe on the case. Because Chloe would not be Chloe if she did not instantly take the video, come to the precinct and make sure they get all the information. And also, she's Chloe. So she's obviously blaming herself for not catching the right killer, even though she wasn't even police back then. But Chloe would, of course, blame herself. Of course. Because she could have caught him. She should have caught him because she was interested in the case and she had all the information. Obviously. She should have fixed it. It's her fault. Yeah, I mean, she is the savior of of us all. We know that. Well, I don't have enough notes to support that. But before we can talk about this, we have another flashback. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Flashback time. (laughs) I think she's crying. I only have... I'm glad we're getting a bit of backstory, but no information. (laughs) So, I don't know what this flashback is about. (laughs) I can tell you. I can tell you what it's about, but I can't tell you any details. It is actually... It's about Dan and Chloe meeting for the first time. Oh! Okay! Wow! And then I would like to pose you... I think, like, I was very close to the correct uh, ship name, but just far enough. So is it Lucidan, which... Or Ducifer? Like I said, I already have this in my notes, by the way. Ducifer. I just can't spell, but Ducifer is right. Ducifer, good. Yeah. Okay, well, my notes say Ducifer, so I'm obviously wrong here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And... Somehow we managed to figure out that the Russian mob is involved. Yeah, because Chloe is very busy with everything and she cannot be distracted by anything. Not even the fact that Lucifer and Dan are literally dressed the same. Who could know? Nobody could notice that. Come on. She did notice it now, but she hasn't noticed it the entire scene before because girl be focused. I mean, she is a super cop for a reason. Oh, is this the scene where we see Kevin Alejandro half naked? Oh, yeah. So next we go into the bathhouse. And the boys are walking in in towels only. And this is a great debate when I'm gonna have to go by my notes and say, Damn, Dan is ripped. 
Well, I was a bit more detached than you because I acknowledge the fact that it's actually Kevin who is ripped. So <laughs> I see you getting lost in the moment, which is fine. But so props to Kevin Alejandro because damn boy, you put in the work. But we not only have visual distraction here, we also have auditory distraction because I just realized in this moment that Tom Ellis is doing an American accent here. And honestly, I think it doesn't even sound like his voice. Oh, that's very interesting. Maybe he wasn't imitating an American person. Maybe he was imitating his brother. <laughs> Maybe this is where they later on took the idea from to make Michael have an American accent. Maybe this is actually Michael just for this one scene. Michael yes. flew down. It's like, wait, I need to get undressed next to Dan because he hot, baby. Yep. Okay. We have the confrontation with bodies because if we meet the Russian mob... What other name could that character have except Boris? Is his second name Johnson? No, because he's Russian. Boris Johnson. No. <laughs> well, I fully expected Lucifer to fall back on the Morningstar persona, but he really seems committed to be done. Well, the way he confronts Boris feels to me more like a Lucy move than a Dan move. I mean, maybe he kind of took a little bit of a hint and then fall back into Dan immediately, so... Basically, like, uh, with the interrogation, where he also, for a very short moment, fell back into being Lucifer and then went back to being Dan, too. Also, one thing we really need to point out here is the lie. Oh. Lucifer says his name is Dan. Oh, but if he's really committed to it... His name is not Dan. Well, I haven't noticed that, so... I don't think it's right. That is okay. Actually, this is something that we could have done as a poll. If this should count as a lie or not. Because Lucifer in this moment does not believe his own name to be Dan. He knows and is aware that his name is not Dan. He's emulating Dan. That's true. So we could actually do a poll for this episode, which yeah. should be this. Is it a lie when Lucifer states that his name is Dan? That is a very good question. I admire your attention to detail. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I really get it, right? Oh, God. I, I, I love giving each other compliments on our own notes. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> You're doing so well. I'm, I guess I'm wrong on this. <laughs> Well, I have to disagree with this. <laughs> oh my god. I am so into Dan in this scene. I didn't even look at Lucifer, nor commented on his body. Yeah, no. But you did comment on Kevin's body. Like, you literally have Kevin is ripped in caps. To be fair, we have seen Lucifer naked before. This is the first time we've seen Dan naked. This is the first time I comment on any accents because I never catch anything like that. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I normally notice these things. I'm not really sure what happened. <laughs> oh, okay, how, ma how many more scenes? We are about to go into scene 12 out of 21. So we are halfway there, baby. Uh, whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer. Take my hand. And we're making out swear. Living out a prayer. Oh my god. Okay, uh, so next up we have Ella being awesome, which is no surprise to anybody. I just have her down as she is so sweet in all fucking caps because is there any other way to talk about Ella than in caps? Yeah, that, that is actually a very good point. I don't really have anything else for this. It's just lovely how the people in this show, when they work together, how they help each other out. Ella is helping out and then she says, I knew you were a hugger, so she hugged Lucifer. And then I said, the prints were checked back then. Now Ella should have more options, right? I can explain that as it's a very good <laughs> remark that you just made because... <laughs> Back then, they took prints from the crime scene. But back then, technology oh. wasn't as evolved yet. And she True. didn't have as many systems that she could run those fingerprints through. Okay. So now that we are in the current times, she can use the data that was collected back then from the crime scene and run it through the new systems and do new, more detailed analysis. And that is a really good point. That is a very good point. And finally, we know how she helped out because we just knew that she helped out because she's the best. Yeah. But this also explains that because she really knows her work, so she would instantly know, wait, this was 16 years ago. Technology 16 years ago sucked. 
and now I can do much more. So good for noticing. I was too distracted by how sweet she is. So oh, sorry. Yeah, true. Uh. Well, we go back into the baths. Yeah, we do. So I'm pretty sure Ella did not hug Lucifer, but Chloe, because Lucifer oh. is still in the baths. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, she hugged someone. Well, and in this iteration of the baths scene, I actually paid attention to Lucifer because we see his back and we see the scars from the wings. They're still there. Because we need this small reminder that, yo, he's not just a devil. He also cut off his fucking wings. Now, Lucifer decides to put a hit on himself, which is my heart. It's touching. It's bad. Because then Boris goes and say, you both have true hatred for that man, which is unfortunately correct. It can be debatable if it's more unnerving that it's true for Dan or that it's true for Lucifer. Because I don't want either of them to hate Lucifer. Luckily, we know that this is gonna get better. Yeah, but in this moment, it's really, really bad. Because I, before Boris gives us basically the confirmation, I was like, well, Dan is just saying this. Like, he doesn't really mean it, right? And then it's like, oh, uh, yeah, no, true hatred. Sorry. Yeah, it's quite sad. But then we go back into the precinct because Boris accepted the hit and therefore they can take him into custody. Which actually really smartly done, right? Indeed. So someone calls themselves a human lie detector in the scene, which is a very interesting self-description, I have to say. Hmm. And then something happens that I found very obvious, but I did not write down what. Well, uh, okay. Um, apparently, the murder of Chloe's father was a hit. And then... Ha! That's what I knew because I called this when we had the flashback in the beginning of the episode where I said it makes more sense if it was actually a plant, shoot the cop and not a robbery. Oh yeah, true. It was it was planned. Knew it. Call it. Well done. Well done for decoding a procedural on television. You are so smart. That sounds very condescending, Vero. <laughs> so Dan says, then you have some serious issue. I'm assuming to Lucifer? But definitely what I know, Dan is so right. I know that. I think he also said some more things because it, he tried to compliment Lucy, so... ah, Oh, yeah, because he first tries to compliment him and Lucifer can't accept it. And then Dan's like, ah, you have some serious issues. Probably something like that. Yeah, because he probably needed to soften the impact of accidentally complimenting Lucifer. <laughs> and then Dan... <laughs> Dan offers his help to Chloe and Chloe doesn't accept. It's not good that she doesn't accept, but it is understandable. She is so preoccupied. Yeah, also Chloe has other people that she can talk to because now we go back into Chloe's apartment and Mace and Chloe are now actually friends. True, because now they're roommates. Yeah. Also, Mace is super hot in her mate outfit. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mace is always hot. So Mace is now starting to be interested in the whole thing because now Chloe shared some bits about this and now... Because Mace also, let's be honest, needs something to distract herself. Mm -hmm. But during this conversation, Chloe confirms that she considers Mace a friend and that's why she's asking her for help. And also Mace is learning from Chloe and she is actually asking her because Mace is like still trying to figure out who and what she is and going through the whole Linda having issues and so Mace asks Chloe how do you know what feels right and Chloe has the incredibly not helpful answer you just know oh god yeah super helpful so all I can say to that is gee thanks Chloe <sighs> well I mean Chloe wasn't very helpful but Mace doesn't offer to help Chloe either so uh there's a bit of a tippy-toeing. Well, Chloe doesn't know. Chloe can't get in trouble for, you know? But when we move to the next scene, before I let you get off on it, I want to point out we have another song by Desert Bell called Catch Me If You Can. Hey, because that is so thematic. Now, Lucifer keeps stalking Dan and... He doesn't really know where he's going, but he follows him into a theater and sees what's happening there and goes, not improv. And I ask you, 
what is so bad about improv? I mean, that is a very interesting question. But before we start debating that, I want to point out, did you notice that the time between Dan entering the building and then being on stage is way too short for him to be actually able to walk that distance? And already be in a scene, yeah. Yeah, he basically walked in and instantly is in an active scene on stage. Yeah. That is some magic shit happening, right? This is where the timeline issues or time issues on Lucifer start. We are starting small and then we're going (laughs) to develop it into pregnancy only being seven months long and stuff like that. So yeah, that is a very good point. So this is the first time jump on record. They're easing us into this. Yeah, it's like the frog in the water kettle thingy. Yeah, sure. I mean, Lucifer is not only appalled by the fact that it's improv he's also appalled by the fact that apparently Dan is pretending to be Lucifer. Exactly. Well I find that hilarious to be honest. I find it creepy because he actually sounds like Lucifer. Does he? I thought so. I didn't think so. I just I just found it really, really funny. And then Lucifer just completely, as per usual, is blind to his own shortcomings. But at least for us, it's very entertaining and fun because now we get this whole confrontation between the two of them. And Lucifer does need to realize how his behavior affects people. And Dan, on the other hand, needs to realize that Lucifer is way more than he presents to the world and that Dan is actually seeing from him. It is a really, really, really sweet moment between the two of them there. And I mean, we all know that I end up being very much on the pro-Dan team, but back in August 2020, I absolutely was not on the pro-Dan team. So I have to point it out here. Is Dan about to become a better guy? (laughs) Are they really doing this? Dan is great. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, also, we kind of need to point out that writing-wise, we have a pretty cool parallel between Dan and Lucifer because both of them are doing the same thing. Both of them are redefining who they are. Both of them are stepping outside of their comfort zone, but both of them are doing that in their own way. So this is like storytelling wise, really well done. Sorry, is that your thing or is that my notes thing? I'm re- reading your note verbatim. Wow, that sounds really smart. That's I, that's why I thought it was your thing. Girl, I'm not embellishing your notes. Yeah, I'm not embellishing yours. <laughs> that's why I'm so short and to the point. It makes sense, but like I do not remember this outcome whatsoever. Literally it says in caps, is Dan about to become a better guy? I love they both are doing the same thing. Redefine who they are, step out their comfort zone but they both do it in their own way. (laughs) Haha, the miming at the end. (laughs) You're like a squirrel on LSD in your notes. (laughs) This is the best idea that we've had in a really long time. Oh my god, I'm sweating so much today. Your your notes are human lie detector. Interesting. <laughs> I knew it. Boris is a smart fucker. See, that's it. Dan doesn't have a secret. It's nice that he tried to compliment Lucy. That's <laughs> one scene. I know, it sounds great to me. No! <laughs> but you you understand it, right? Yeah, but there's some work that needs to be done. So I'm not embellishing your notes. I'm just putting them into an actual conversation. Exactly. That's what I do when I when I read out my notes. Uh-huh. Good. Okay. But before we close out the scene, I really have to point out the miming that is happening on stage at the end. Because that shit's hilarious. It's stupid, but I love it. <sighs> now. Five more scenes. Now we are gonna go to solve the case. And apparently we're doing that in the apartment because Mace is having a confrontation with Lucifer because she's angry with him. Rightfully so, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, because Lucifer should not have revealed himself to Linda without talking to her beforehand because now Linda knows and this affects the entire relationship between Mace and Linda. Yeah, that this actually makes my notes make complete sense. Lucy is being Lucy and Mace is making him feel worse, but rightly 
so. Yeah, you're absolutely right because she is literally kicking him when he's already down. She didn't know he was down, but yeah. It's not helping anyone, but it is understandable. And it's absolutely deserved. Yeah. Well, and now finally Lucy is back to being useful. Because he comes with the crucial clue, as was the standard case back then, where he just randomly comes with the right thing and it's like, oh, wow. Now, Chloe is giving Lucifer much-needed affirmation because he helps her with the case. Okay. And while the affirmation is happening, we still have Mace being so fucking salty, and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't have any notes on the next scene, so if you have anything, it's called Borden Be Gone in my notes. I have one note on the fucker runaway scene, as I called it, (laughs) which is, how did he know they were coming? Because he's running away from them? How did he know they were coming? Oh, because they must have told somebody that they are coming for him and somebody must have tipped him off. So it's a bigger conspiracy then or something because there should not be a way that the fucker knows that they're coming so he should not be actually running away. Yeah, but he be gone, baby. He be gone. So we go back into the apartment. Mace has finally found her profession. Oh yeah, she found herself and what she should do. So time to kick ass and... Yay for Chloe! Good for Chloe, absolutely. (sighs) We hard cut into the night, which is unusual. Yeah. And Lucifer is being very supportive of Chloe. But Mace is the best because she finally found something that she's good at and feels right. She hunted down the warden. She brings him into the apartment. Are we in a scene or are you in your final thoughts? In the scene. We need to go to Linda's office first. No, it, that's the next thing. Oh, okay. Sorry. We're still we're still in the apartment. Oh, sorry. Okay. I don't have any more notes on the apartment. So I was already moving on to the next scene. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so basically what happens is that Lucifer and Chloe are trying to get through this fuck that the warden ran away. That was the fucker who ran away. <laughs> that that was the fucker that ran away. And Mace <laughs> drags the warden into Chloe's apartment. Yeah. Or something like that. And she's finally found something that she's good at, which is hunting people. That's how she... She's hunting pe- hunting people because that's how she becomes a bounty hunter. Bounty hunter, not haunter. She's not haunting. She's not a ghost. But it sounds better as a bounty hunter. I'm sorry. I can't. Bounty hunter. Bounty hunter. <laughs> See? Did you just say bounty hunter? <laughs> Bundy Hunter! Ew, what did I say? No, shut up. So, yeah, uh, she finally found her calling. Yeah, because hunting people is an actual profession for Yay. humans. Yay. Yay. And this is basically a morality test for Chloe because she serves, Mace serves the warden up to Chloe on a silver plate. And now it is completely up to Chloe what she's gonna do with that. You had so much more detailed notes than me on this because I just have yay for Chloe. Yeah, and you know what? Chloe chooses not to kill him. Who could have seen that coming? I know, shocking. So now we can go into Linda's office and she is too good for this world. Yes. I think they have a conversation through the closed door here. Yeah, Mace Mace comes to Linda. But this time she does not teleport herself in sight. Because she understands boundaries better. Yeah, because she's a bounty boundary hunter. No, sorry, that was a really bad one. Boundary hunter? (laughs) I love that. Oh my god, I hate myself. No, so they have the conversation through the door. And like you said, Linda is way too good for this world. Hmm. Because it's obvious now, Linda will get there. The two of them will be friends again. And I mean, obviously, I love Mace. The scene really, really hurts my heart. But it also makes me happy at the same time. Because Mace is being really, really sweet through the door. But she understands that Linda needs time. And Linda is super happy for her, really. Even though they're separated and they don't really see each other. She tells her about the, I found my calling. I'm gonna be a bounty hunter. And Linda is like really happy for her. Yeah, but she just can't be there in person yet so it's just gonna take her a little bit longer to Mm. work through all of this and and make sense of things but now all the shippers cheered as i called it in my notes 
And you're absolutely right, but because the final scene so often has a song, not surprisingly, the shipper cheering scene also has a song. Ooh! And it's by The Veils, Low Lays the Devil. Oh yeah, that's a good song. And you're absolutely right when you say all the shippers cheered. All I have to say is Lucifer is being absolutely adorable. And did you look at his face when she hugs him? Because his face is so nice. I found it all... <laughs> it's so awkward, but it's so sweet. And he still doesn't really know anything about human things. No, he does not. But yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. You and feelings never works. All right, time to wrap up this episode with our final thoughts. And I'm going to start us off. After last episode, we really needed a breather. We needed a fun episode and we got it. So after not just one, but two heavy episodes, this was a lot of fun and I absolutely love that Lucifer by the end of it is back to being comfortable being himself again. But in my opinion, the followings are the best things about this episode. No mom, no deal. Mace found her calling, Linda is going to be okay, and Dan is doing improv. Okay, well, that's a great collection of great things. It actually works really well because in my final thoughts, the absence of mum and Ames feels weird given the groundwork late in the last episode. While it is nice to learn about Chloe's dad and the tie-in with Mace and Linda is well done, it feels kind of non-relevant at this point. Lucifer trying out a different coping mechanism in being Dan instead of Lucy after destruction didn't work. It makes sense in his character and growth. I'm most happy that Linda and Mace are friends again and Linda seems to be getting over the scare she got from the devil face. But aside from that, this felt very much filler episode. You say filler, I say breather. And with this we say... Thank you for listening. If you want to keep in touch with us, you can do so via our various social media or you can send us an email to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. Our episodes can be found on Spotify and iTunes. Other ways to get involved, besides telling all your friends to listen to the show, you can find us... That's not a sentence. You can find us at (laughs) patreon.com slash taotpodcast. I feel like I'm missing I feel like I'm missing some words there. Well, I have a slightly different sentence for the second part. I have for those of you who want to know if there are other ways to get involved besides telling all your friends to listen to the show, find us at patreon.com slash TAOT podcast. That that makes more sentence sense. Sentence sense <laughs> I love sentence sense. <laughs> Thank you. Bye! Wait, wait, wait. We need to do the bye together. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay, so actual goodbye. This was the recording with switched notes in case you didn't notice. And in case the explanation does not make it into the episode. So we hope you have enjoyed this program as it's said by Audible. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have Audible. Audible, sponsor us. Give me free Audible. No, I don't want money from Amazon. Basically, what have we learned in this recording? We have learned that... That's a good point. What have we learned? Your notes are very strict. Yes, I have learned that it takes me about half an hour to get into your mindset to understand the way you write things. But when you did, it it worked, right? Yes, when it did, it worked. We have also learned that I have an incredibly great uh, hand at randomly picking the episode, given the absolutely accidental connections this episode had to current questions and character developments and everything. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ridiculously proud of this because I literally the only thing that I did was search for disagree because it was pointed out in the discord that this would be the most fun to listen to if we redo an episode we disagree on. I have to say yes your choice was absolutely amazing and I am incredibly grateful that I uh, didn't have to argue for improv in this. I just had to ask that one difficult question. I think that we all still remember the recording that we've done on this where I went on about 50,000 minutes long complaining tangent about how much I hate improv. So this was very difficult for me. I remember those tangents. So I want to call out Jito Beer 
in our Discord. Leslie! Because Jitobia is actually the person who said, if we re-record an episode, we should absolutely do one where we did not agree on stuff. So... You're the reason this episode is the way it is. I hope you like it. You're welcome, Leslie. I'm sure this is exactly what you wanted. If you don't like it, it's your own fault. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first of the bonus episodes to come. Are we going to reveal what's coming next? No. Stay tuned and keep your eye on our Twitter, our Patreon or our normal release stuff, wherever you get your episodes, because nothing's going to change. It's going to be the same feed. It's going to be the same schedule. Maybe it's going to be sooner. So hit that subscribe button in the podcast app or whatever. I don't know how it works. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And also tell all your friends to listen to the show. Ah! No, just kidding. You guys know how it works. Love you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. Awesome. This is gonna sound different because we both turned off our local recording and so this is our backup recording. But Vero really, really, really wanted to point this out. So here we go. This is our hundredth episode. And I love that we managed to do something special for it. It was great fun for us. And I love everybody who has gotten this far in the podcast. Thank you everybody so much for being a part of this journey with us. And thank you so much to those who have sent your thoughts, even those who didn't or just recommended our podcast to people. We wouldn't really, I mean, we would be doing it anyway, but it's really, really nice to know that there are people out there actually listening to us so thank you so much thank you for helping us get to number 100 we are triple digits people triple digits thank you for staying with us this long because we can't stand listening to each other and you guys have listened to us for over 110 hours more if you're a patron so thank you for listening that many episodes hours Times, stories, things. More to come. Stay tuned. Bye. Bye. Part 100.